Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. There was a guy who was riding his bicycle one day over the border down, uh, coming out of Mexico. And as he's riding his, his bicycle, he's got a bag on each handlebar two bags. The border uh, patrol agent immediately was suspicious and kind of pulled him aside, looked in the bags he had hanging off of the handlebars there of, of his bicycle. And uh, all that was in there was sand. It was just, just a crazy thing that there was just sand in those bags. So he let him go. And the next day, here he comes again, riding across the border on that bicycle, two bags, Border patrol agent's very suspicious, so he, so he opens up the bag. Once again, there's just sand in the bags. But this time, he, he takes it on into the lab, puts a little bit of that, that sand under the microscope, but it's just sand. He can't figure it out, but he lets the guy go. And you know, this happened for 30 days. Every day, guy on a bicycle, riding across the border, two bags of sand, hanging from the handlebars. And the guy couldn't figure it out. The agent couldn't figure it out. But eventually, he... Uh, he retired. And he, a few months after retirement was down in Tijuana, and uh, he happened to see this guy there on the street. He stopped him. He said, listen, buddy, I've retired. There's nothing you can tell me that'll get you in trouble now. And he said, but my curiosity is killing me. I've just got to know, what were you smuggling across the border? The guy looks at him and smiles and just said, bicycles. Now, how many of you know, sometimes we have things under a microscope trying to figure them out when they should be obvious to us, right? And uh, I wanna talk to you about that today. We're uh, in week two of a series, just a two-week series uh, that I've called The Microscope. Last week, we began to talk about what it's like when we put one another under the microscope. And today, I wanna kind of shift gears with you, and I wanna talk to you about putting God under the microscope. And that's what I mean when I say sometimes we're trying to get things under a microscope that should be obvious to us. But, but I want to talk to you today for just a few minutes about putting God under the proverbial microscope. And the first observation that I want to make with you about that is the fact that creation itself puts God under the microscope. It, it, it makes it obvious that there is a God. Creation makes it obvious that there is a creator. And Paul actually speaks to that by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter one and verse 20, the Bible said, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. Watch this. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Perhaps you've wondered, uh, you know, at some time or another, what about those people that never hear the gospel? What about those people that don't have a Bible? What about them? And maybe you wonder, you know, how will they stand before God in judgment one day? Well, this scripture makes it very, very clear that creation itself testifies to anyone that's ever lived, anyone that's ever existed, that there is a God. And when that is recognized and one begins to seek God, I believe God will make himself real to them. We see this happening 
supernaturally all through the Middle East right now. We're hearing reports from our missionaries how Muslim people are having dreams about Jesus. Jesus is appearing to them in the middle of the night. They wake up and he's standing at their, at their bed and, and they're going to Christians there in their community to ask for an explanation. And Muslims are coming to faith in Christ all over the Middle East right now. Come on, somebody. God's doing amazing things and God will always... God will always reveal himself to those who seek him. And one of the ways he reveals himself is through creation itself. When we see everything he has made, it's like nature's providing us kind of that microscope uh, look at God and who God is, his his qualities, uh, all of his, uh, his nature, his character reflected there in his great creation. Second observation that I would have with you today is that right along with creation, the Bible itself puts God under a microscope. It's amazing to me how many people will say, well, you know, I don't really believe in God. And when you ask them, well, have you ever read the Bible? They've never even opened it up. They've never even looked at the book. And so they can't really say that they're being intellectually honest in this decision they've come to that there's no God when they've never even read the Bible. Psalm chapter 138 verse 2 records the words of the psalmist as he writes by inspiration, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name, watch this, for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. God's word is like a microscope that gives us a glimpse of who God is. It gives us detail of what kind of creator we have. The Bible gives us a glimpse of God. It helps us to see him for who he is. Helps us to see what he has for us, what he wants from us. In John chapter five and verse 39, Jesus said this to the Pharisees those religious-minded people that were constantly looking through the scriptures and, and claimed that that was their effort to know God or to know God better, and yet they're here rejecting God's son. He said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. Jesus said, but the scriptures point to me. Listen, when you, when you take out the Bible and you begin to read it, you'll see who God is under that microscope image of God, you'll see that he's Christ crucified, the hope of all the world. God will give you a glimpse of of his saving grace. He'll help you to understand and comprehend and wrap your heart around this redeemer that has revealed himself through his word. For instance, in the Old Testament, you have all of these messianic prophecies and there's You know, there's differing opinions about how many messianic prophecies that there are, but suffice to say, there's dozens. And uh, I love uh, something uh, that was pointed out in a book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. He actually quotes a, um, a mathematician who kind of did the calculations on what would the odds be if just one man among the billions that have lived here on this planet through the thousands of years that mankind has existed here, what would the odds be of just eight of all those messianic prophecies of the Old Testament coming to pass 
through the life of just one man that lived among all those men. And it's, it's absolutely staggering. The mathematical odds is one out of 10 to the 17th power. Now, that's a, a number that we can't even wrap our intellect around. But this mathematician gave kind of like a little a, a word picture to kind of help us understand it better. Here's what he said. He said, if you would walk across the state of Texas. Now, how many of you have driven across Texas? Man, it'll take you a while, right? Huge, right? So if you walked across the state of Texas and someone had piled silver dollars all across the face of the state of Texas, two feet deep, and you begin to wade through all those silver dollars and that person that put those silver dollars there had just marked one of all of those countless silver dollars and you randomly just stooped down and picked up that one silver dollar marked among those countless others, that's the mathematical odds of one man fulfilling just eight of those prophecies and Jesus fulfilled every one of them. It takes more faith not to believe than it does to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. He's the son of God, the Messiah sent to redeem the world. Come on, the Bible puts God under a microscope for us so we can clearly see who our redeemer is. Creation does that. The Bible does that. And there's a number of things that we can embrace today that will put God kind of under that proverbial microscope for our friends, for our family, for our, our neighbors, our coworkers. So there's some things that, that we can engage in, we can embrace that will bring God under the microscope for others and I just wanna kinda of articulate those with you over the next few moments. Man, I want you to wrap your heart around these because these are things you and I can embrace to provide that microscopic look at who God is to those that we love, those that we care about, those we know who don't know him like we know him, we can provide that microscope moment for them. Let me talk to you about a few things. Number one, how do we put God under a microscope? Number one, Unity among us puts God under the microscope. When, when we lay down our differences and we come together in his name and we start working together instead of opposing one another, I'm waiting on somebody to help me out here today. Come on, when we start doing that, we're gonna put God under a microscope. Here's what the psalmist said by inspiration in Psalm 34 verse three. He said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, do you wanna do that? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. How can, we, how can we achieve that? He says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. It's our togetherness, guys. It's, it's, it's the, the togetherness of the body of Christ. It's the togetherness of the family of God that's gonna put God under a microscope for a generation of scoffers and skeptics. And guys, I want us to do that. I want us to come together and magnify the Lord together. I don't know about you, but I wanna see God's signs and wonders. Man, I wanna, listen, I wanna see the sick healed. I wanna see people delivered. I wanna see people saved and set free. But I've gotta be honest with you. I, out of all those things that, 
that we could trust God for and believe God for and hopefully see in our lifetime these, these mighty, mighty, mighty miracles. I think perhaps the greatest demonstration of the power of God would be a united church in a divided world. Now listen to me, our world's never been more divided. We are, we are so divided, there is so much that we're allowing to come between us. And in all of that divisiveness, in, in all of that division in our world, if the family of God would just recognize how much we have in common, come on, and just come together under the blood-stained banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, we could prove to a doubting world, hey, there is a God. If people can come together and love one another and stand with one another through everything that's happening in the crazy world that we're a part of today, I believe it would provide that demonstration of the power of God to all of those around us. Jesus put it this way in John 13, verse 35. He said, by this, everyone will know. No, he could have said a lot of things here. He could have said, by your prayer life, and certainly we need to pray. He could have said, by, by, by how well you know the word of God. And certainly, we need an allegiance to the Bible. He could have said, by, by how much of a soul winner you are, how, how many people you lead to Christ, men will know. But that's not what he said. He said, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Loving one another, coming together in unity, Standing shoulder to shoulder for the cause of Christ is going to be that microscopic look at, at a God that cares for people and can do what nothing else in our world can do. Amen? So we start giving the world a look at God under the microscope through unity. But let's go on. Number two, I want you to see that praise puts God under a microscope. When we worship and guys, I'm not just talking about on a Sunday morning in a service like this. I'm talking about when we worship God day after day in the way we live, in the way we treat each other. Listen, in the pursuit of holiness within our lives, when we truly praise God and worship God, we magnify God in the eyes of the world. We put God under a microscope. Listen to the psalmist again. In Psalm 69, verse 30, he said, I will praise the name of God with a song, watch this, and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Do you see what magnifies God? Your thanksgiving, your thankfulness, your gratefulness, your gratitude magnifies the Lord. And, and I, I, I want you to see today how important it is for your own sake, not just for the sake of others around you, but for your own sake, it's so important that you magnify him. Hey, uh, Pastor Bud, Jay, would y'all come on up real quick? Hey, give my friends a great big hand. They come up, they're gonna help me out here. You guys stand right over there, would you? So here's what we're gonna do. Um, Pastor Bud, now listen, I don't want you to read anything into this. We love each other, right? Sure. But today you're my problem. Bud's my problem. Never been my problem before, but today, for the sake of this illustration, Bud's my problem. Jay, you're my answer, okay? Now, every time I speak the problem, Pastor Bud, you're gonna come near me. Every time I speak praise, gratitude to God, you're gonna come near me, okay? So y'all ready to do this? I don't know how I'm gonna pay these bills. Man, they're just piling up. 
Man, the collectors are coming. God, what am I going to do? Can you see? The only thing I can see, quit laughing at me, problem. Does your problem ever laugh at you? All I can see, I can't, look, I can't even see my answer anymore. All I see is my problem. Get back over there, problem. Get me behind me, problem. God, I thank you that you meet every need I have according to your riches and glory, and I lack no good or beneficial thing. God, you are my provider. Now all I see is my answer. Come on, give him one more great big hand. Thank you guys for helping me out. What what are we doing? What are we doing? We're magnifying our problems in our eyes so that we don't even see God through these difficulties. But if we would just begin to get a grateful heart and begin to praise and worship our God, listen, he's gonna grow bigger and bigger and bigger in our eyes and in the eyes of everyone around us. How do we get God under a microscope? Well, we do it in our unity and we also do it through our praise. Number three, the third way we put God under the microscope is through the gifts of the Spirit. As we allow God to use us and we begin to function in the gifts of the Spirit, God will be magnified in the eyes of the world. People will begin to see how powerful our God is and what God is capable of doing. In Acts chapter 10, And verse 46, the Holy Spirit is poured out on a group of brand new believers and they're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I want you to see what happens. The Bible said that the the apostles there knew that they had been filled with the Holy Spirit for they heard them speak with tongues, watch this, and magnify God. As they're functioning in this spiritual gift, God is being magnified. God's coming up under the microscope for everyone to see a demonstration of his power. I've shared this before, but it it bears repeating in, in a setting where we're talking about this kind of thing and how the gifts of the Spirit magnify God. Years ago, when I was youth pastor here at our church, and I was also the worship leader, I was up on a Sunday morning leading worship, and between a couple of the songs, I just began to sing Uh, with a melody in in the spirit, in my prayer language, in tongues, I began to sing just for a a minute or so, less than a minute probably. And then we went on into the next song. The next day, one of my dear, dear friends who is our campus missionary to UL here in Lafayette called me and he said, hey, Jeff, do you remember yesterday in the service when you began to sing in tongues? I said, yeah, I, I remembered it. He said, hey, did you feel anything like extra special in that moment? And I, I was honest with him. I couldn't say that I had. It was just, you know, that's something that regularly happens with me. And he said, well, let me tell you what happened. And he had just recently led a little girl from China who was here as a foreign uh, student attending UL. He had just led her to Christ weeks before and was talking to her about being baptized in water But she was very, very apprehensive about doing that because she knew that it could lead in her home country there in China. She could be persecuted, maybe even prosecuted, certainly ostracized from her family. So she was very reluctant. That morning, she grabbed Eric's arm and she pointed up at at the stage and she, she said, does he know Mandarin? And Eric said, I assure you he does not. And she said, well, he's singing right now in perfect Mandarin. 
And it was the evidence that she needed to go ahead and make that decision to be baptized in water. Now, listen, here's kind of as Paul Harvey, some of you got, Paul who? Um, Here's the rest of the story. The rest of the story is uh, two years ago, Eric and I were at the Assemblies of God General Council. One of our missionaries in China walked up to us and let us know that girl that God saved and showed himself strong to decades ago here at our church is still serving the Lord today. She's in ministry in the underground church, leading others to Christ, to the glory of God. I'm telling you right now, we need to get God under the microscope. First Corinthians 12 talks about nine gifts of the spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues. It talks about prophecy. It talks about discernment, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles. Look at me. We want all of that. And every believer said, amen. We want every bit of that. Now, now where, where I need you to understand, I covet that for our services. Let me tell you, I covet it even more for outside of these walls where every one of us are being used in the gifts of the spirit in our day-to-day life, in our interaction with our coworkers and our neighbors. Listen, I want God to use us. Two things, two things I'll say about the gifts of the spirit. Listen, we long for them. We wanna see them happen here. We wanna see them happen as the Bible describes in a way that's decent and in order. Amen. And we wanna see them happen in a way that's real. Amen. We're not gonna try to drum anything up. God's got all by himself. He don't need your help, right? But we wanna see them happen. But more than that, we wanna see them happen outside these walls where God is using every one of us to his glory. And we're putting them under the microscope as we're used in the gifts of the spirit. Number four, prayer puts God under a microscope. When we pray and and seek God, And God answers prayer and comes through and does what only God can do. It puts him under a microscope. It helps people recognize the power of Almighty God, the undeniable power of Almighty God. Psalm chapter 40 and and verse 16, let all who seek you shout for joy and be glad in you. May those who love your deliverance say the Lord be magnified. Come on, do you love God's delivering power? Say, I do. He's told us what to say here. Say, the Lord be magnified. He said, we're to say that continuously. And what he's describing here is answer to prayer. He's describing God coming through for people when nothing else can. He's describing how God delivers, how God sets free. And this should be our prayer. And when God answers those prayer, it puts him under a microscope so that people get a a glimpse of, of his strength. Prayer gives God the opportunity to show himself strong. Can I remind you what James chapter four, verse two and three says? It says, you have not because you ask not. You're not praying like you should. That's why you're not seeing God come through like you want. He says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. God says, listen, pray, pray right, 
pray for the right things, and you're gonna put me under a microscope, and people are gonna see what I'm capable of as I answer prayer again and again and again. Number five, we're looking at things that kind of we can embrace that will put God under the microscope for people around us. Unity will do it, praise will do it, the gifts of the Spirit, prayer. Number five, the tithe puts God under the microscope. What is the tithe? It's a biblical concept, a biblical principle, a biblical mandate that's very clear from scripture is the first 10%. That's what the term tithe means, 10. And it's the first 10% of all of our income. God says that first 10% is his. It's not ours, it's his. And it's the way he tests us to see if we'll be faithful to him. And he says that when we use that first 10% of our income on ourselves, we're actually robbing him. But if we don't, if we don't rob him, but if we take what's his and we give it to him, he's given us some promises. And here's what he said. He said this in, in Malachi chapter three, verse 10. He said, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Watch this. God said, test me in this. Come on, bring me into the lab. Put me under the microscope. He said, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there'll not be room enough to store it. God said, put me under the microscope. I've been doing it for over 40 years. And I've seen God come through for us financially again and again and again. We've got a wonderful story to tell you about it. Would you help me welcome one of our uh, pastoral care pastors here at Crossroads? Brew Lantier is coming out to share a, a remarkable story with you. Come on, give Brew a great big welcome, would you? Brew, tell us what happened. Okay. All right. Um, this past Tuesday, well, first let me tell you this. Uh, in December of 2021, I had COVID and I thought, okay, God, I can't leave this house. So I want to do something constructive during, you know, I was praying, but I wanted more. And I thought, okay, God, give me 365 names of people or 400 if you like. I will write them down. I will cut them out. I will place them in a jar and come January 1st. Each day, God, I will ask you to choose a name of your choice for me to pray for. So every day since January 1st, God chooses a name and that's the name that I pray for that day. Well, this past Tuesday, as I went before the jar, I, I prayed and said, God, who do you choose today? Pick the name and the name was Shelly Johnson. Now, Shelly is part of this church. Um, she actually was in my small freedom small group that I led uh, about three years ago. So I don't have a whole lot of contact with Shelly, but that was one of the names that God gave me. So I'd pray for her. So that same day when I came here to work, I got a text and I saw Shelly Johnson. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I don't talk to Shelly. I mean, you know, I, I love her. I just, we don't, we don't get together, you know. I, I don't even think she attends the first service that I do. So when I saw her name, I, my heart just began to pound. I thought, God, you're so strategic, you know, and so, and so on time. And so I read her text and um, 
she said, Miss Brew, I am so excited. I have a tithing testimony. I don't know who to share it with, but I need to know. I said, can I call you? And she said, yes. So I called her. I didn't tell her right then and there. I let her give me the testimony. She said, Miss Brew, she said, I'm gonna be honest with you. She said, I, I didn't go to church last Sunday, but I was watching it online. And she said, I have not been uh, faithful with the tide as I should, but I knew that that's what God's word says and I needed to be obedient. And she said, you know, immediately I decided I'm tithing and I'm not, I'm not doing it to get, I'm doing it because that is what God asked of us. I'm doing it in obedience. And she said, Miss Brew, I came home the next day and there's a check in the mail that I was not at all expecting. My son had surgery a long time back and I got a refund check. She said, I don't even understand why, except that I know. I know that this thing is real. Miss Brew, this is real. (laughs) And I said, yes, Shelly, it is definitely real. I said, and let me tell you something else. I said, and I told her the story about my asking God to choose a name each day. I said, Shelly, today, this morning, God chose you. Come on. <laughs> Give God praise. Yeah. Come on. Thank yeah. you so much, Brew. What an amazing story. I wish we had more time. Brew could tell you about a number of other things that have happened out of that 365 drawing names out of the jar. God has proven himself again and again and again. Why? She's put him under the microscope. Shelly, put him under the microscope. I wanna challenge you today. Put God under the microscope and, and, and see who he is. Discover who God is. Listen to Psalm 35, verse 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, God says, and let them say continually. Here's another thing God wants us saying. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God wants us blessed. Third John 2, he said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. He says, first and foremost, I want you prospering spiritually. And then right along with that, I want to take care of every need you have. I want to keep you healthy and strong. Come on, God longs to see this happen in your life. And tithing is a way to put him under that microscope. One last, one last thing you and I can embrace You and I can practice that will put God under the microscope is deliverance. Seeing God deliver us, seeing God deliver others puts God under a microscope. I'm reminded of the story in the book of Acts of the sons of Sceva. You might remember that story. It's in Acts chapter 19. These guys, um, they see that Paul and the apostles are able to lay hands on people and demons come out of those people and those people are set free and they want that power for themselves. And so they try to cast a demon out of a man in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And that demon rose up in that man, beat the snot out of them and sent them running out naked. Now, listen, that'll that'll tell us a few things we need to know about operating in the power of God, right? Right? But, but listen to how the commentary reads in Acts chapter 19 about that incident in verse 17. It says, this became known to all those inhabiting Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them all and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. When we are offering deliverance to those around us, when we're setting the captive free, come on, that's what the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life can achieve. 
When we see all that happening, we're gonna magnify God. People are gonna see God is able to do what science can't do, doctors can't do, medicine can't do, psychiatry can't do. Come on, someone. We're gonna let people see who God is under that microscope of a mighty deliverance that God is capable of. I love Louisiana Adult and Teen Challenge. They're one of our favorite ministries that we support and and I have the pleasure of serving on their board of directors. So I hear, frequently hear all the stories of how God is setting men free from years of addiction that there was no answer for any other way. And yet God was able to do it. And as we hear that, I'm reminded one of the statistics that worldwide teen challenge can claim. Now I want you to put this in perspective as we get ready to wrap up. In secular programs that are not connected to Christianity or the Bible or anything, just secular rehabilitation programs, the cure rate in best case scenario is somewhere around 11%. Best case scenario. With Teen Challenge, they have over an 85% cure rate where people never go back into addiction once they're set free by the power of God. Can you hear what I'm telling you today? I'm telling you that deliverance puts God under the microscope. So we need to begin to walk out the power of, of deliverance in people's lives, pray for people, share Christ with people, watch God set people free. When we consider how unity does this, when we consider all these things, how praise does this and, and the gifts of the spirit and prayer, the tithe, deliverance, just six things that I've, I've mentioned scripturally that kind of put God under a microscope. When we consider those things, you, you know what this all points to, doesn't it? We're the microscope. We're the microscope that God uses to magnify who he is in other people's lives. And that's what Paul was saying in Philippians chapter one, verse 20, when he wrote this, my eager expectation and hope is that I will not be put to shame in any way, but that with all boldness, now as always, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. What's Paul saying? I wanna be the microscope. I want people to see who God is through my life. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Jeff Abels and I just wanted to take a minute to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has been dealing with your heart as you've listened to this message and you feel like you just need to get right with God. If you have no real assurance that you are right with God, if you cannot honestly say you've been living for God, and you know that needs to change, I wanna invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior right now. You know, the Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means God loves you and God's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on Him. will not you call on Him right now by praying a very simple prayer with me. I want you to repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from God. And I don't want that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for me. 
I believe he rose again. Through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin, and change my life. Be Lord of my life from this day forward. I don't live for me anymore or this world. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sin is all forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer with me, we would really love to know about it. We'd love to give you some next steps to get you started on your brand new journey of faith. What I'd love for you to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. And someone will connect with you to provide you with some resources that I think will help you greatly. Again, just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 337-222-3210. Thanks again for joining us on the podcast today, and God richly bless you is our prayer for you.